I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Hey, ladies, I'm so excited to share with you today my recent conversation with Nicole Dachevsky. Nicole is a fellow mom and emotional processing coach for women, and she recently invited me to come into her Boldly Overcoming Facebook community to talk about mom guilt, mom rage comparing yourself to other moms, that fear of, am I ruining my kids? And basically just all the things that us moms navigate and experience in those first few years of motherhood. Um, It was such a joy to speak to her community and I, I found this conversation to be so valuable and insightful as we tag teamed and we offered tips and tools and mindset shifts. So today I'm sharing this conversation with you and I hope you guys find it just as powerful as we did. Welcome everybody. Uh, thanks for showing up. And I want to welcome our special guest coach, Jesse Aredia. I'm so happy to have you. Thank Yay. you for with us. Yay, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to chat and to coach and to do all the things. Yay, we are happy to have you. Uh, we have been having, um, or I've been having everybody send me questions. And so some of the mamas in the group have already sent me their questions ahead of time. So what my plan is, is we're just going to start hammering through the questions. Um, anybody who is joining us live, let us know that you're here. Let us know you're watching. Feel free to drop all your questions in the comments of this live so that we can get them answered. Um, and Jesse will bring the coaching and it's going to be amazing. So How's that sound? Everybody good? Cool. All right. So the first question is, and really what I did friends is, um, I got a lot of the same questions. Um, and so I kind of compiled them into the same idea. So, um, if for some reason you feel like I'm asking your question and it's not coming out the way that you, um, wanted it to, then please let me know. And like I said, drop it in the comments. Um, And we'll get that answered according to you. Hey, Kylie. Yay. I'm so glad that you could join us. I know you are excited to be here. Um, Okay. So the first question is, um, I really struggle with perfectionism in my parenting to the point that it's overwhelming. And I feel like I'll never be the perfect mom. I know that there's no such thing, but I can't help but feel like I'm so far from being the, the perfect mom that I'm not even a good mom. So how do all these Pinterest moms do it? That's our first question. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because I remember reading this and when I saw Pinterest mom, I immediately like knew what she meant. And I felt that like, like that burden, almost that weight of, yeah, that like perfection that, that idolized fantasy that I think a lot of us moms have, even before we become moms, like, I think we all just kind of envision ourselves being these, like, perfect, put together, super thriving, happy, cheerful moms all the time, being the most patient, positive parents ever, and for a lot of us, like, it, it doesn't happen quite like that. Motherhood is not quite like that. And I'm not surprised at all that she said, like, I'm feeling overwhelmed because even just the idea of I want to be perfect or I want to be better, like that pressure is so suffocating sometimes. Um, And and it reminded me of there were a few years ago, 
I decided I wanted to try to be a homeschooling mom. And at the time I had a three-year-old and a one and a half year old. I love the idea of like, oh, we're gonna homeschool and I'm gonna start them so early and I'm gonna like come up with all these activities and, and I'm gonna be all in. And I love the idea of it. But what I didn't take into account is that I'm actually not much of a teacher. Like I do not have the patience for it. I am a doer, I am a goer. I love outings, I love taking my kids to the park, we do things around the house, I work on projects, but I don't like sitting down to play on the floor. I don't like sitting down to do activities. I don't like planning activities. And I don't like when my kids don't cooperate with those activities, which happened a lot when they were that young, naturally. So after like a few months of trying this and really wanting to like conform to this idea I had in my head based off of what I had read and what I saw on other Instagram accounts, I kind of decided that homeschooling just wasn't my thing. And I, I made the decision to quit. And I actually ended up putting them into a morning preschool program. So in a way I transitioned from being full-time stay-at-home mom to part-time stay-at-home mom. And that also gave me a lot more time to work on the business I was growing that I had just started. Um, And it enabled me to do what I actually was made to do and to become the kind of mom that I think I was meant to be. And through that, like I started to realize that sometimes the reason why we get caught up in what other moms are doing and we put pressure on ourselves for not doing that is because we haven't yet fully embraced the kind of moms that we naturally are. And so like I wrote down a couple questions that I I figured like I could give this mom to just kind of, you know, jot down some thoughts to like jot down some answers to, because I think that this could be key to her breaking out of that thought of, well, I need to be a Pinterest mom. I need to be a perfect mom, which doesn't exist. Yeah. And, but those questions are, what is it that you're trying to become that you actually don't need to become? You know, for me, it was like, I did not need to be that homeschooling mom. I wanted to be, but was it for the right reasons? I'm not so sure. Mm. So what are you trying to become that you don't need to become? Who are you already that you're not allowing yourself to be? What I mean by that is like, what are you good at? What do you love doing with your kids? What kind of momming or like parenting actually does come more natural to you? And what if you were to allow that to be enough for you and for your kids? And if so, like how much more would you guys all thrive? this way that that, that's what immediately came to mind for me because I've been there and I do think that we oftentimes just don't give ourselves enough credit for already being amazing moms and just needing to dig a little deeper for what our our best natural gifts really are what are your thoughts Nicole oh gosh I love that I think that you worded it perfectly in terms of embracing who we are um not just as humans, but as moms as well. And we all have our different strengths. And it's interesting that you're, you're talking about homeschooling because I come from a 15 year education background. And so I thought the exact same thing. Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna homeschool my kids. No, no, I, no, no. I am not made to be a homeschooling mom. I really thought I was and no, <laughs> my babies are gonna be in school. <laughs> One of them already is, but so, and, and I think for me, it actually took me a minute to like actually be okay with that and to kind of overcome some mom guilt and realize that I'm a much better teacher for other people's kids than I am for my own kids. Um, 
part of that being just, you know, other people's kids behave better at school than they do at home. And that's the case for me. <laughs> um, so I agree with the embracing just who you're made to be and who you're made to be as a mom and, and uh, strengthening those strengths. That's redundant. But yes, I totally agree with you on that. I love that so, so much. And not feeling guilty about it either. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, like if you are walking around carrying that much guilt, odds are you are going to struggle to be the best version of yourself, whatever you, whatever that looks like for you, particularly like that guilt is automatically going to add a pressure or a weight or be a, be a drain on your mental energy that just your motherhood is already challenging enough we don't need the extra added weight of guilt on top of it that's not going to serve anybody yeah yeah you know that actually leads perfectly into one of our other questions here and i'm going to go a little out of out of the order that i sent you but um it's the perfect segue of how do i stop feeling like what i do as a mom is not good enough in terms of like just i so i got so many questions about overcoming mom guilt um, and I mean, what, what would you say is your, you know, best couple of tips to overcome that mom guilt? Yeah. Well, what, I don't know if this is the exact question you're referencing, but there was one where a woman said, I'm constantly judging myself against yeah. other moms. Yeah. And that makes me feel like crap. And like, as soon as I read that, like, I wanted to like scream and, and like, like just like in all caps, like type out fiercely in all caps, stop using other moms against yourself. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Because if you work full time, for example, why on earth would you want to hold yourself to the same standard as maybe a stay at home mom or a part time working mom or, or even other full time working moms who are in a different season, who have kids of different ages, who have different strains, who are working different, different jobs. Like every mom is different. Every kid is different. Every motherhood experience is different. Mm -hmm. And, and so instead of like, okay, well, how do I be more like this mom or like, like, how do I stop feeling so guilty for not being this kind of mom? I really think like what we need to do for ourselves is to stop using other moms against ourselves and to stop asking, like, am I doing enough compared to them, yeah. but really get clear on what is my standard for myself and for my family and then get really crystal clear on what that is like what are your values and your top priorities mm -hmm. what does matter to you and what is only added stress because of what you see everyone else doing yeah what is it that you want to see developed in your kids and what actually creates that versus what we think maybe creates that you know like I think a lot of moms get caught up in like screen time and I think that was one of the questions so I definitely yeah. want to talk about that at some point yeah. But like we get so caught up on the nitty gritty and forget that like, like our kids development is really just based on security, safety, knowing they're loved, building attachment, like on all of those things you could do successfully, no matter how many hours you work, no matter what Susie down the road is doing compared to what you're doing. Like there's so many different ways to, to be an amazing mom. Just get clear on what, what measurement you're wanting to use for that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying about that, getting clear about, um, about your values. And I, I want to add a step to that. Um, I, had a, I had a client uh, two, three weeks ago, we were literally talking about just this. 
And um, she has a different, a little bit of a dis- different situation because her and her husband are um, uh, different ethnicities. And so they came together and, you know, they have a, a biracial family and, a diff- you know, they have different values. And anyway, um, where I was going with this is not only getting clear on your values, because yes, that is a huge, huge part of it, but also why? Like why, where did those values come from? So yes, getting super clear on them, but are, do they come from, you know, society? Do they come from your upbringing? Even if it is from your upbringing, this, that was the case in, in this particular situation is just because it's how you were brought up doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you want to continue. And that's okay if you don't, you know, it has to be what's right for your family. And um, what I had this particular client do is in those moments of feeling insecure, you know, judging yourself against these other, other moms is, well, what do you bring to the table that suits your family? You know, when you're feeling like you are inadequate in comparison to these other moms, again, remember the differences that you have amongst your family. You know, there's not every family out there is of different ethnicities and different traditions and different values and, and all this and that. So what you do for your family, you know, does not necessarily mean it's, it's wrong for somebody else or whatever, but the whole idea of yes, finding your values and figuring out are those your values or are they someone else's values? Yeah. And I really do believe that motherhood is like the perfect container for stepping even more fully into yourself as an individual. I know that like a lot of moms feel like they lose themselves or that they no longer know themselves, but really, I think that if you could just like peel some layers and like, if you have someone to help you navigate that season, well, like, I think a lot of women actually find themselves. They find more courage. They find what their passions are. They find more resilience or whatever. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, like, that's a great time to get more clear on, okay, what do I want to do? That's maybe different than what I grew up with. What do I not want to bring into my kid's childhood? And what do I want to keep? And what what do I want to bring to this experience as a mom and as a wife and all of it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And again, that goes into one of the other questions that we, that I was getting. Uh, let me find it here. We're going to just go all out of order, Jesse. Sorry. That's totally fine. I'm good. Um, yeah. One of the questions was like, it feels like ever since I had my daughter, I have no idea who I am anymore. I don't have any time for me. My husband doesn't really help with anything, including her. So I know he won't help. Yeah. I, when I first read this, I really wondered like how old are her kids? Um, do you happen to know that? I do. Um, I believe her daughter's around one-ish. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not going to say your name, but I believe she's around one. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like to know like when a mom comes my way and she says like, I don't have time like, which I hear a lot, because isn't yeah. that all yeah. this whole yeah. thing? Yeah. I don't I have that time. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to ask first, like, how old are your kids? Yeah. Because where time comes from will depend on the stage your kids are in. Like, for example, if you have, like, a small little itty-bitty one, then, like, those multiple naps a day, that is your time. Yep. And I know that that can be so hard for moms to hear because a lot of moms are still letting their little ones sleep on their chest. And I get that for the first couple months. Sure. Love it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, when your patience and desire for that wanes, that is the time. Like that's the signal 
to begin the transition of owning back your time of maybe doing the sleep training, having, having the baby alone in the room, in the crib, you know, like setting those boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of thinking like, I don't have time. I think sometimes the better question is like, where am I not giving myself time? Like what are all, like, it's it's not even that your kids are taking it away. It's like, no, you're giving it to them. As for like a one-year-old though, I think nap times still are just as amazing for having that me time. Maybe not so much if you're trying to fill it with cooking, cleaning, vacuuming, laundry, meal planning, budgeting, like, no, cut that BS out. Like, no, that's what the weekends are for. That's what hubby is for. And I do know that in this part, she said that her husband doesn't really help with anything. And I wanted to kind of like, like, I wish that I could actually speak to her. Cause I always want to challenge that. Like, are you sure that he doesn't help with anything? And are you sure that you asked him to really help with things? And I don't mean like ask him like right when he comes home from work and exhausted, but I mean like, Hey babe, can we pop on a show and you and I fold the laundry together? Sometimes that is like the best way to do things. Like, I mean, we think of like delegating, like, oh, I just have to like push us all off on him and he he pushes back. So I guess he doesn't want to help, but sometimes guys are overwhelmed too. Mm -hmm. And guys like need that extra support. It, It sounds silly because us moms, like we can whip out the laundry by ourselves. No problem. Sometimes. I, I personally don't like doing laundry. So I always make my husband do it with me. But like, if you're, yeah, so if you're used to doing things on your own, like I get it, but teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Ask your husband again, what would it take for you to help more? How can we, how can we tag team together? Can I rinse the dishes and you load them in the dishwasher? Again, that's what me and my husband did for like the longest time. And it worked out really well for us because I hated doing the dishwasher. Yeah. I didn't mind rinsing dishes, you know, like you have to figure out what your strengths are. Yeah. Um, but as far as like getting back that time, ask yourself, where am I not giving myself time? Where am I giving my time away? What does it look like for me to maybe set better boundaries with my kids as little as they are? There are still so many opportunities to lay down some ground rules of, no, 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 this is mommy time. Doesn't mean it doesn't get interrupted, but just for the most part, that time is fought for and protected. Mm, Yeah, gosh, I love that. I love so many things in what you just said. I'm like, oh man, writer downers. Um, Well, we have plenty of time. So. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to touch on there is, is I love what you said about, um, having, you know, obviously mommies, we want our babies to sleep on our chest for the first little bit, but when we're kind of at the point of not enjoying it so much, then that's your sign to let's start to change some things. I love that. And I feel like that those signs get missed or missed misinterpreted a lot. And so I think that's a point where we have to be really in tune with what's going on inside of ourselves, inside of our minds and really, um, open and honest too, and being okay with that time has now passed. It's okay to take a step forward. And even sometimes it's okay. You can take a couple steps back sometimes and let them lay back on your chest again. It's okay. But I think we get so caught up in the, oh, this is my last, you know, moment or whatever sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. I just love what you said about it's recognizing that that's a sign. I think that that's huge, huge. And I don't know if there's any mom listening today who maybe has like been waiting to be given permission to do some of these things, but just so that everyone's clear, just in case you felt like you needed it, 
I give you full permission to lay the baby down. I give you full permission to make the kid take a nap. I give you full permission to move up bedtime earlier if that's what it takes for you to get your time back and fully function. You have permission, you're the mom, you're the parent, you're in charge and you have authority. Like, I think that we need to stop waiting and just start embracing that like we are the ones in charge for a reason. So like, listen to yourself, trust your instinct and set those boundaries if you need them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm so huge on boundaries. That's been a huge thing in our family for the last couple of years. Yeah, big proponent for boundaries. Yeah, well, cause you're in the thick of it too. Like we both are. I don't I don't know um, if anyone's like picked up on through my post but I have little ones too. I have a four-year-old an almost three-year-old and a five-month-old. Like I've had three kids in four years and I'm like, what just happened is the world went so not to mention that she is a big time huge coach with all her mommies oh she's incredible I have to take this moment just for a second Jesse I apologize but I'm stealing this for a second friends if you are a mom Jesse has an amazing group that you need to be a part of I will link it in the comments section of this but if you are a mom you need to be in this group I highly recommend it girlfriend drops a ton of truth bombs on me re- regularly. Okay. You need to be in her group if you are a mom. Sorry. I like to get a little bit spicy. <laughs> I love it. That's I'm the kind of person that needs that like kick in the ass sometimes and you give it to me. So that's exactly what I need. I love it. Big fan. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to touch on uh, with what you said, um, which also kind of, yeah, goes back to um, that mama's question in terms of a uh, husband uh, there was another one on here too. Communication. We're just going to be all over the place. There was another one on here. Ever since having my son a year ago, my husband, wow, lots of, lots of mommies with young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Ever since having my son a year ago, my husband and I argue all that, and it feels like all the time. He's a great dad, but it's like having a child changed us and we don't know how to get us back. So I feel like that kind of falls in line with that communication with what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So I jotted down a few questions and for whoever is listening, who's in that same boat of like, we have little kids, we're fighting a lot more now. Parenting has made marriage or our relationship especially hard. I wrote down a few questions for you to just think through some answers for. The first is what behaviors or triggers do you see as causing these fights? Like when I think back on like when my husband and I were really going at it and that's a whole other story I'm sure we're gonna get into where I talk about postpartum rage and the whole thing. But when we were in our really like our lowest seasons, a lot of our like fights were started over like some of the smallest things. Like he was on his phone on Reddit while I wanted him to play with the kids or he didn't do the dishes like I asked him to or like I tried to start something in the bedroom and he was like I'm too tired and like anything could have started a fight when I was in that season and so it's really important to like really narrow in like okay well what exactly is it that keeps coming up and keeps happening what what are the behaviors what are the triggers and once you identify those this is the part where it's almost like, okay, you've, you've got to like step outside for a second and like really take full ownership here and ask yourself, what am I thinking mm. or what meaning am I assigning to those behaviors Yeah, that is causing this anger or this tension to keep rising up? 
are you making him being on his phone mean that he doesn't care about you and he's a loser and he's lazy and he can't do anything for you? Are you making his rejection mean that he doesn't love you and that he's not attracted to you? Are you making the fact that he left his shoes out by the front door for like the third time in a row that in some, in somehow means to you that he'll never change? that he doesn't respect you? Like, what is it exactly that you're telling yourself here? What is that reoccurring narrative going on in your head? And like, once you pinpoint those, I think it does start to get a lot easier to work through that into like, the more you notice it, the easier it will be for you to stop yourself before the next fight happens. And to just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why am I making this mean more than it has to? But not only that, but there's like this one question that I like to encourage women to use with their spouses when a fight is about to begin or even after the fact, because sometimes we don't, we're not quite fully ourselves in that moment. So sometimes it just helps to just regroup afterward, but ask the question, can you help me understand why blank? Can you help me understand why you left your shoes out again? Can you help me understand why you're on Reddit right now? Can you help me understand why you didn't do what I asked you to do? Can you help me understand why you're being kind of cold or I think you're being cold? Like ask those questions and just get curious and like see what he says, see what happens. Because sometimes they don't realize they're doing it. They maybe have a good reason for why they're doing it. And maybe like this is a chance for you guys to have a more honest, vulnerable conversation that needs to be had. Like for the longest time, I used to snap at my husband on the weekends when he was home from work because I would constantly catch him on his phone. Clearly the phone is a big, is a big trigger for me. I admit it. I've thrown his phone. I've broken his phone. I've, I've done all kinds of things. So that guy's <laughs> I've blocked apps on his phone. I put restrictions. Like I, that's a whole other story in and of itself. <laughs> The phone used to be a really big trigger for me. And every weekend it was like, it just kept happening. Like I I was, I mean, I couldn't contain my anger about it. And just finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna have to like get get curious, dig deeper, you know, just control that anger for just a moment because I don't want this to keep happening. And I remember asking him like, hey, can you help me understand why it appears to me that every weekend you are on your phone, like every chance you get. Even when the kids are around, even when I'm trying to talk to you, even when like, you're just going to go pee. Like I get it if you're doing number two, but literally you're just peeing dude. And you still have your phone in your hand. And he like, he had to stop and really think about it. And he was like, honestly, I'm just bored. Like, I don't like being in the house. Like it'd be, it'd be different if we were going to the park, if we went to the store, if you gave me a list of things to do around the house, like I would have no problem putting my phone away. But the truth is I'm bored. I don't want to play with the girls right now. I'm just, I don't want to be in the house. And so that became such a big revelation for me to the point where every weekend I'm like, Hey dude, get those kids in the car and you take them to the park and you go have some fun with them. Like you dreamed up and I'm going to stay home and relax. Or we would go on like family outings. Like it, weekends became so much better because I was missing this key information that he didn't know he was experiencing and he didn't think to communicate with me. And I had never asked. Yeah. Gosh, just the getting curious part is so crucial in this. So crucial. I feel like not just in this, it's just in everything in general. I mean, I feel like that's why we're coaches is literally just curiosity, but 
in this particular situation, I can imagine how things would have gotten so much worse had you not gotten curious. And then that open and honest communication dialogue, you know, back and forth on each end and, and being open to hearing what the other person is saying and, and allowing space for them to be, you know, uh, vulnerable with you as well. Gosh, that's sorry. That's awesome. Awesome. I love that. That's such good, such good uh, tips. And that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of your little dark secrets with us. Yeah. <laughs> I love Do you it. Do have anything to add to this? Because I'm sure like you guys have seen your fair share oh, yeah. of like changes because oh, yeah. of littles. I mean, you just had another baby. I just had another baby. Like it's a lot. Yeah, we actually, that's one of the questions that's on here too is, um, uh, being angry all the time, um, which you actually helped me with that. I don't even know if you know that you helped me with, (laughs) um, I really struggled and I did not even know that postpartum rage was a thing. I did not, I was, after I had Levi, Levi was like the easiest baby. I had zero issues transfer, transferring, transitioning from no kids to one kid. I had no problems. It was like the easiest thing ever going from one to two was let, let's be honest, I'm still in the trenches, <laughs> but I'm finding my groove again. Uh, I definitely had some postpartum rage going on for quite a while. And I don't, I did not realize it was even a thing until you started talking about it. And I was like, <clears throat> and so I think for me, recognizing that a, okay, there's actually something going on internally was a little like relieving of like, okay. Cause there were thoughts of like, holy crap, I'm crazy. Like what the hell's wrong with me? I'm like standing outside of myself. Like, uh, that's what the question was, was, uh, she worded it perfectly. Hold on. Let me read this really quick. Mm. Ever since having my second, ch- Oh, see me too. Ever since having my second child, I feel like I'm angry all the time. The littlest things set me off. And it's like, I'm standing outside of myself watching and thinking, who is this woman screaming at her family? I have no idea what's wrong with me. And I feel like the worst wife and mom in the world. Oh, that was me. That was me not too long ago. That was so, so me. Everything would make me angry, everything. And it would be like zero to a thousand in like 0.5 seconds. It was crazy. And I love what you're saying about taking a step back, looking at what meaning you're giving to that situation, because it's not just the thoughts necessarily. Like, yes, those are, everybody knows in this group that I'm huge on, you know, checking your thoughts, but what meaning are you giving to those thoughts? Like what you were saying is, is, is he staring at his phone? That's my husband's thing too, is staring at his phone. And that's also a trigger for me as well. Uh, and same thing for me in terms of like, okay, well, you don't want to play with your newborn, which then to me, it was, well, great. Now it's all on me. Mm-hmm. So I took it as, well, great. You're on your phone. So now I, now the full responsibility and, and I'm nursing Finley. So not only I, I, and Finley girlfriend is a booby monster. Like she wants to be on the boob 24 seven. That's all she wants. She does not care about food. No, she just, so for me, I really struggled with like body autonomy too. Like I did not even have my body to myself. And so I get so frustrated and feel like everything was on me until again, had that conversation and he wasn't bored. He was like, what, I wish I remember the exact verbiage that he used, but like, didn't know what to do. Basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, she's a girl. I, I, Cause our firstborn is a, is a boy. We don't, he, he doesn't, he's never had experience with girls. So he has no idea what he's doing. And so that was his thing. He didn't know what to do. And he didn't 
thing to ask because he doesn't, you know, multitask like women do. <laughs> so the same sort of thing is just taking that step back and recognizing a the thoughts that are going through your head. But I love that you took that a step further. And what what meaning are you putting to those thoughts? That's brilliant, genius. Um, there was another in in terms of for my experience. <clears throat> um, also with my my older son who has um, he's three and a half and he has a speech delay. And so that's in itself a struggle. But me recognizing again, this is something that you helped me with is recognizing that I keep putting a need my needs on on him, so to speak, like, I need you to listen, Levi. Well, no, actually. And that's another question that is on here that I think would be much better explained coming from you because you were the one that I learned this from. But um, wait, 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 pause, pause, pause. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, because I do want to address the mom who who asked that question and said, like, I'm outside of myself. And I'm thinking, who yes, screaming. Yes, I cannot diagnose anybody but I would not be surprised if she is experiencing postpartum rage and for anyone who's never heard of it or is not familiar with it it's it's an offshoot of anxiety postpartum anxiety could also be an offshoot of postpartum depression but really it just comes across as extreme fits of rage or constant irritability or just a very hard time managing your anger managing your emotions for me personally, like when I had my eldest four years ago, I mean, I knew immediately something was wrong because I was doing inexplicable things like throwing items, breaking items, smashing mirrors, spanking her, hitting my husband, verbally abusing him. Like I was doing a lot of things that yes, I knew I had anger issues before, but it was like heightened. And it took me a really long time to tell anybody, meaning not only did I experience it with my firstborn, but then I got pregnant, had my second, was like six months in, and then finally was like, I should probably go to counseling. Like that's how long it took me. And that was constant rage for those two years because I had my first two, they were back to back, which did a number on me hormonally. Yeah, you know, for sure. But yeah, like I, I waited so long to say anything. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I, I throw it around all the time. Like not even, I'm not trying to do it flippantly, but I'm trying to do it more casually because it needs to be more casual. It needs to be in the forefront of the conversations we're having around motherhood because postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety are being recognized, but postpartum rage is not. And too many women are staying silent because they're afraid or they don't know that this is common. It is so common. You will not believe how many messages I've gotten from women saying, I didn't know until you said something, but now I know, I think this is what I'm experiencing. And like, it's, it's amazing to hear, but it's also heartbreaking because this should be a more commonly known thing. So all of that to say, I would not be surprised if you are somewhat more possibly fully experiencing postpartum rage, in which case I cannot emphasize enough the value of counseling, coaching, 
counseling combined with coaching so that you can learn how to manage that rage and not only like know where it's coming from, which I can tell you already is almost definitely anxiety, fear of loss of control, not having healthier outlets or coping mechanisms, but also so that like, so that you can, you can learn where that's coming from and identify it, but then also manage it. Also work on emotion management. Um, A lot of my work with angry moms or anxious moms revolves around empowerment because I think that for us, like we are so used to operating in constant fight or flight mode as new moms or as moms of littles. Like it's like the survival mode that we get put into constantly by our primal brain whenever we feel out of control, which happens a lot, or whenever we feel unsafe. And this is where our anger and other emotions start running rampant. It's because we don't feel fully safe. And so the work that I do with women is based around empowerment and thought management, because I believe that when you feel more safe and confident in your body and with your emotions and around your kids or despite your kids or with your partner or around your partner, in any situation, once you are in a place of more safety and confidence and sufficiency, then you can get out of that survival mode, which really is just what place of your brain you're operating in. You're in your primal brain, like that part that's you know responsible for keeping us alive. You can move out of that and access more of your frontal cortex where our best problem solving takes place, where we're able to make better, more empowered, informed decisions, where our creativity um, comes to the surface, where growth occurs, where we're able to show up as the healthiest, happiest versions of ourselves. Like that's my goal for women. And that's exactly what you can expect to work on with a coach or with a counselor. It's you learning how to get out of the anxiety and the survival and the fear and all that stuff being unsafe to, oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm safe. Here's some tools I can use because I know that this is not anything indicative about my identity or about, you know, who I am as a mom. I'm okay. Everyone's okay. Like that's where the real work around anger management happens. Yes. Yes. I agree. So wholeheartedly. I love uh, friends, for those of you who have been with me for a while, she is, Jesse's referring to what, what I call the critter brain. Okay. So when that's literally, when I went to school and gotten all of my certifications, that was, that's what we learned it as is critter brain. And so that's literally what, what, what I call it with my clients. It's constantly in check. Hey, how's your critter brain doing? Or I get texts from my clients regularly. Hey, critter brain's going wild now. Can I walk through this thought process? Like, so that's, that's friends. That's, that's what Jesse's talking about here is getting out of that critter brain and learning to not let critter brain control um, the way that you live your life. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what we call it. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. But yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, I love that. I just love so much how your work centers around moms and empowering moms, because I feel like that's a key component to not just getting out of that, uh, fight or flight response, but also to being the most uh, powerful mom that you can be. Oh yeah. That's, that's so crucial. So I love, 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 love the work that you do with moms. Oh yeah. And anyone who like gets to know me on Instagram or joins my group, you're going to find real fast. Like when I say empowered mom, I mean like your most damn powerful self kind of mom, like making money if you want to mom, like 
losing a crap ton of weight if you want to mom like working from home with a baby in your arms like whatever which can I just say watching you go from one kid to two kids while coaching women having your business I remember when I came to you like what was it October November I think it was it was November right before you had her yeah. <laughs> I was literally 40 weeks pregnant because yeah. because my my youngest she didn't come till I was 42 weeks so I was literally 40 weeks pregnant and I remember like being on this call like crying just feeling super disempowered and you made it a point to have your baby on the call with you and I will never forget that because I needed to see that it doesn't matter what season of motherhood you are in it doesn't matter whether you're in a pandemic it doesn't matter whether you have a newborn like no matter what if you have a dream or if you have a goal or if you know who you are destined to be there is always a way to do those things, not despite the fact you're a mom, but because of it. And like seeing you show up as a coach for me, like with that baby in your arms gave me the courage to believe that I could keep doing that too. Cause I had, I was really scared about having my third and still coaching women. And I tell you, like, she was like, like like three or four weeks old and I was like all right guys I'm back at it I'm ready to coach again real quick I was like yes girl (laughs) right back into it and I haven't looked back since I mean just today she was on a call with me for a full hour and it was bliss to know that I was able to do that because at one point I might have told myself that I couldn't so that's what I mean by like empowered. I don't just mean empowered like, oh, well, like I, I can be happy and I can be content. I mean, no, you can be powerful and you can do things beyond your wildest imagination. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love yeah, that. But th- that, that was a whole sidebar that I just went off though. <laughs> I love it. No, thank you. I appreciate that. But I love that. There's a, no, you're right though. There's a total difference between being able to survive without anxiety and being able to thrive. And, and I like, I have a couple of clients that, uh, we, we call, we call it their, their badass selves. <laughs> uh, I have one in particular right now who is literally on the moment's notice decided, yep, she's going to start a business and girlfriend has been like rocking it and like getting stuff together. And she's so cute. She keeps referring. Yep. This is my badass self doing. I'm like, yeah, girl, <laughs> I love it. that is empowerment friends. It's not just surviving without the anxiety. It's surviving it, it, it's thriving. It's knowing that, yeah, I can do whatever I want. Screw whatever, you know, whatever everybody else thinks or whatever the case is. And just knowing your strengths, knowing that you are capable, knowing that you are strong, knowing that you are powerful and putting that into action. Yes. I love this. Oh gosh. So good. That was totally sidebar, total tangent, but that's okay. It was worth talking. About. Yeah. Somebody said we need to hear that today. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Okay. Let's see what I missed here. Cause I know, let's see. Okay. We're running at 45 minutes. Okay. Are you, how, how, what do you have to, okay. I am so good girl. I can do this for three. I'm just kidding. I couldn't do it for three hours, but I know, I, right? I yeah. that's a lot on our brains. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Really struggle with perfect. We did that one. Talk about constantly judging the mom. Oh, here we go. Screen time. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I work from home. Thank you, COVID. And people say that I give my kids too much time in front of the TV, but between work, cooking, cleaning, laundry, and my partner, it's the only way I get any quiet time. 
am I ruining my kids? Yeah. Okay. So this one hit close to home, but in like a good way, because I remember having those same fears because I I work from home too. And my kids, they watch a lot of TV, but I'll I'll tell you how much TV my kids watch in a second. I love giving full disclosure on that because I think your post on this the other day and I was like, I need to tag everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, but first I did write down a few thoughts. So just, I'm going to say these out loud. Everybody soak it in. Yeah. A stressed mom can quote unquote ruin her kids just as much as TV can. Amen. Say that again for louder for the people. A stressed mom can ruin, ruin. I put in quotation marks because I haven't thought about that word, but can ruin your kids just as much as TV can. And then I put as my second thought, ruin isn't even the right word because nobody is ruined. Like we need to be really mindful of language here. I don't know why we have such negative self-talk sometimes, but nobody is ruined. You don't ruin kids. Kids don't get ruined. It's just that kids develop patterns and behaviors based off of their environment and their upbringing. But not only that, but kids are always capable of change. And so I like to point that out because even if, let's just say that you have loads and loads of screen time, you you give loads and loads to your kids. And let's just say that they start to kind of you know, they are acting out. Maybe their behavior does change. Maybe they're not as attentive, you know, whatever. They're always capable of change. And like, unless you remember that, like you will go into freak out mode over every single thing. But if you remember though, that they're not ruined, nobody's ever ruined. Nobody ever is just like locked into place as like a bad apple. Then it gives you the freedom to reassess to make some changes if needed and to not be so weighed down by the guilt and the shame. So that those were just some thoughts that I put out there. But then I figured like, I should probably share how much screen time, screen time my kids give just in case, again, another mom needs permission. So I did the math today. I was like counting up like, okay, between the TV time, movie time and tablet time, my four-year-old and three-year-old, I want to say get between three and four hours a day. But I also want to add to that, that like, it's not all just in one consecutive chunk. Mm -hmm. You know, we start off the morning with, they get a half hour of TV in my bed while I get myself ready in the morning because Mm -hmm. nobody wants a rushed, frazzled mom who's snapping at everyone to leave her alone while she's scrambling to get dressed and to rush out to morning preschool drop-off or whatever. Like nobody wants that. I don't want that. I want to have a chance to get ready for my day to just sit and like, this is where, you know, like I, I, I'm, you know, I, I like to journal. I like to read. I do a devotional. Like, like this is where I take care of me so that I am able to show up healthy and happy and like in a healthy mindset. So 30 morning, 30 minutes in the morning before school, then they go to a morning. Pre- okay. What? what right, I have to, po- I want to point something out here really yeah. quick. So I want to clarify, you do not get up before your children. No, if I do, it's 15 minutes max. And sometimes I just spend that time checking my notifications. Okay. So I just want to point that out because I have a (laughs) lot of people who have the belief that in order for me to get ready without being in a rush, I have to get up at the butt crack of dawn. No, you don't. You have permission to get ready while your kids are just chilling. Yeah. 
Yeah, just wanted to point that out. <laughs> I let my kids just chill and no shame. There have even been a few times when the baby's woken up during this time and I just plopped her right down in the middle of the bed with them. Yep. <laughs> I, I actually do the same. We do the same thing in our house too. With Grant and my son only will sit there for like 10 minutes. So I have to rush, but we do the exact same thing in our house. So there's a, I will sleep every ounce that I can. <laughs> well, and as moms, like we need that extra sleep. So please yep. do yourself a favor and don't, don't think you have to get up at five in the morning just to like get like a workout. Like you don't, you can find other time if you really need to. Yes. Don't sacrifice sleep if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so 30 minutes in the morning, then they go to a morning preschool program. And I think that that's important because I will say that, yes, copious amounts of screen time is okay, but also be mindful of, are they socializing? Are they doing developmentally appropriate things? Are they able to be active? Are they spending some time outdoors? I know COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in a lot of that, but even just like a walk around the neighborhood, like just, you know, just know that kids do need a balance and some structure, which is what, that's why I feel comfortable doing screen time. So then after they come home, they come home at noon. So I have a morning of work. That's fine. They come home at noon. And then from noon till about three, that's more screen time. They eat lunch. After they eat lunch, they get tablets for an hour and a half. That's a long time. I know, but it's all fun games, educational. They learn a lot. They love to tell me what they're learning from it. I mean, to be honest, like I think that it's not that different than like when we were kids. And I mean, I don't know how old everyone is, but when I was a kid, like I used to play like little, you know, little games like Minesweeper and pinball. And like, this is way more productive than pinball. So (laughs) the games they have out there now are so amazing. So just, so they get an hour and a half of that. And then especially if I have to hop on a call, I, I put on a movie, then everyone's watching a movie. And during this time, again, I'm working, I'm able to take care of the baby, put her down for a nap, I eat lunch, I watch Handmaid's Tale, like, you know, like, I take care of me, and then we go out as a family to the park, or we ride scooters in the driveway, we just got new scooters, and the girls are loving it, Um, or we take a walk, or we go to Target, and we just walk around and shop, and then when we get home, when daddy comes home, and dinner is being cooked. Sometimes I'm on another call or sometimes I'm just relaxing and just like, oh, okay, taking a break. Then they're watching another show because dinner is being cooked. And then they watch another show right before bed so that we could put the baby down so that I can shower the whole nine yards. So in total, it's about four hours and, and I love it. I love it. I, granted, don't know the full effects of the amount of screen time that my kids get. I, I don't know, but with as much information as I do have, and just with what I've observed over the past year or two of doing things this way, I have decided for our family that the cost of me not being able to take care of myself and work and thrive as a mom outweighs the cost of them watching TV and playing tablet, which again is is so educational. Like I'm telling you, they learn crazy amounts of things that I would never have thought to teach them. So all of that to say, own where you are in this season of your motherhood journey. If you need more time to recover from the full load of motherhood and you have access to tablets and Disney Plus to help you do that, please do yourself a favor and give yourself permission to use it because it can make you the mom who is able to have the energy to do all the fun things too. Yeah. Yes. 
100,000% yes. And I want to add on to that as well. Just because that's what you're doing now does not mean that it's going to be forever. It's okay if this is just a season in your lives that this is what's getting you by. This is how you're, I love how you worded it about like recuperating from just motherhood and life and all the things, right? Just, it is okay to take a season to care for yourself so that you can be the best mom possible to your babies. It is okay. Just because it's like this now doesn't mean it's going to last forever. Mm-hmm. I think we get stuck in the mindset of I'm doing this now. So therefore it's going to be for the rest of them. No, 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 no. It's just right now. It will change at some point. Yeah. I love that. Gosh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the way that you do things with your girls. That's incredible. Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm all about full disclosure because it's really easy to paint a picture in our head of what other moms are doing. That's how you get caught up in Pinterest mom. Yeah. Think, oh, I'm not doing it right. No, it's just that she's not being fully honest. Probably. Yeah. And okay. Total sidebar here, but I'm going to, I want to get on the Pinterest mom for a second. So I don't know if you've seen the videos. I think there's a whole bunch of them of the mom, like, you know, cutting like little shapes in the sandwiches and, you know, picking out five grapes and basically packing this like Pinterest lunch. Right. And then the side view of the mom, like grabbing the the Danimals yogurt. Uh, anyway, I, I saw that one yesterday and it made me think of this question. It made me laugh because I'm totally the Danimals mom. Uh, (laughs) and own it. It is okay. And also, if that means that you have to go in and unfollow the Pinterest moms, please do it. Please go unfollow something that is causing toxic stress in your life. Mm. It does not matter if they are family. It does not matter. No, if it is causing you toxic stress, then please go unfollow them until you're able to have a better handle of what's going on in here and then do what you will. But permission to unfollow them. You have full permission. You have permission to do whatever the heck you want to do for the most part. Don't, you know. Right. I mean, let's not get crazy here, but (laughs) I'm pretty positive that the people that we're talking with are not, you know, crazy. So chuck, chuck our husband's phones at their face. Like let's have some boundaries here. But if you're doing that, know that you are not alone and Jesse can help friends. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay, let's see. I think that's, but let's see how to, what are from? There was the one about, um, she wanted us to clarify oh, yes. from our kids. Yes, I saw it. Thank you. That's the last one on here. I saw your post the other day, meaning Jesse's post, um, about needing your kids to do something. Um, I don't think I understand what that means. I need my kids to listen and follow directions to not hit and fight with each other, to not scream bloody murder when we're in public. Sorry, I laugh because that's my son. Uh, I don't see how that's me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm really glad that she asked that because I wonder if maybe other moms would love for me to clarify too. And I'm yeah. very happy to. So in a nutshell, I said that you don't need your kids to do these things because you don't. You don't need your kids to listen. You don't need them to not hit. And you don't need them to not scream bloody murder. You just really want it. It's healthy that they don't do these things. It's good for them to listen and to not hit and to not scream bloody murder, but you don't need them because when you tell yourself that you need these things, 
that not only creates fear and anxiety for you, but it also often leads to this like unproductive frustration, which is when we end up not disciplining at our smartest, you know, like we're not resolving the problem or we're not handling the situation to the best of our ability. And that goes back to like what we were talking about with the critter brain and with like being able to access the smarter, more better problem solving frontal cortex. So again, like your kids are going to do these things. Your kids are going to scream bloody murder. And yes, you can think to yourself, I need them to be quiet, but that's never the case. It's not true. You might feel more comfortable if they were more quiet. You might feel less stress if they were more quiet. You might think that they're better kids if they're more quiet. But again, like telling yourself that you need these things is you putting yourself in this position of like my emotional wellness or my security or how I feel or how I behave is all wrapped up in what they're doing. And that's just not a healthy place to be in as a parent. Mm And like, again, like that's where that like unproductive frustration comes from. And we end up taking action in ways that we wouldn't want to. And like, like I was trying to think like, what's the best, like best scenario to kind of paint this picture. And I thought of how, like how many times there, there have been situations, I'm sure many moms can relate where something happened. Like, let's say one of my kids pulled in that, you know, one of my girls pulled the other girl's hair. And there have been times where I have just disciplined like just snapped and disciplined in the moment and then later on realized oh there probably was a better way I should have done that you know like oh I probably could have just you know taken their tablet away and that would have been a great form of punishment versus me yelling screaming getting in their face threatening to spank sending them to their room then they're crying and then it just becomes a whole big thing like oh I totally could have handled that better like when the reason why things like that happen where we do we discipline, but it's not the kind that we wish we would discipline or we realize later, oh, I could have done that so much better. The reason why is because you're in a place of need. You're in a place of insufficiency. Because again, when you are not feeling safe, you're not feeling comfortable or sufficient because you're thinking, well, I need this. I need to be in power. I need to be in control. I need my kids to do this. Like that's where you're not able to think as quickly, respond as, as uh, productively and able to resolve the situation from a place of higher level thinking. So all that being said, like, it's likely that you will actually get more of what you want when you do stop needing it. Because when we are able to respond correctly and confidently and calmly, like that is where our best discipline happens. And that is where our kids are better able to learn and to like grow from that and to be properly disciplined. So just all of that being said, like you don't need your kids to stop hitting. I know you think you do, but you don't. You are still okay even when they do those things. And if you want to, you can want those things without needing them and you will most likely become a much healthier, better disciplinarian, more confident parent for it. Oh my gosh, I love this. So this is one of the other things And I know I told you this before, but this is one of the other things that I, you have like rocked my world in this again, with having a son who has a speech delay. So he's again, three and a half. And, um, last time they officially like tested him or whatever, I think he was at a 24 month, two-year-old, somewhere around a two-year-old level. He has since improved. But so for me, him not being able to express himself verbally 
it's, it's, it's hard. And especially in those moments when we're in public and he's screaming and having a meltdown and, you know, rolling around on the ground and people are looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? Your kid's like, you know, way old and way too old to be doing this. And I'm like, anyway, it's, it's exhausting. So, so once you, you had done a post about that, gosh, probably months ago now. And I had the realization that I was giving my power of, of control to my child who cannot express himself. Mm-hmm. And that like rocked my world. Um, and ever since then, it's yes, it's we still have our moments, of course, but recognizing, oh, my child is trying to tell me something by having a meltdown. Okay, so yes, this is a lot for me to handle, but it's more for him to not be able to handle. And so being able to recognize that and getting down, and <laughs> my thing lately with him is what do you need? Not not what does Nicole need. What does Levi need? What do you need in this moment? And I've been, so we together, him and I is obviously my husband as as well, but we've been learning um, what he needs in those moments and putting our need, our need, why did I do this? Our needs aside, recognizing that there were actually not our needs. Um, It's really just, (laughs) we want the peace and the quiet but that's not, we're, we're giving our son that control over, 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 um, our, our power on that. Anyway, all that to say is it, it took some time for it to like fully integrate into, into our lives, into our mindset, into how we handle things, but rec, just recognize in those moments of you feel like you're about to burst looking at what it is that you're craving. That's the way I like to view it for myself anyway is what is it that you're craving? Are you craving peace and quiet? Are you um, uh, craving, I, I don't know, whatever it is that you're, that you're about to burst, right? And who has control over that? You or your kid? And look at where you're placing that control. And that's what really got me is, is my three-year-old has, he's not the one who dictates whether or not I'm in control. That's not his job. That's my job. That's totally my job. <laughs> Um, I had a point to this. Where was my point? I don't remember my point. All that to say though is I, if you're there, I I get it. I get it. I get it. I I think we all get it, you know? Um, but just again, recognize that point of where are you giving, who are you giving your power to? Where are you giving your power to? Why are you giving your power away? And what can you do to keep your power? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this was amazing, Jesse. Okay, one last question. <laughs> Where or how is the best way to connect with you? Because I'm hoping that we all take what we can get from you and go talk to Jesse because she's amazing. This is her area of expertise. Motherhood, go to her. Yes, I'm a mom, but go to Jesse on mom. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned earlier, I do have my Facebook group. It's called Mom Empowered. Everyone is welcome to join. I love when people post frequently in there, share wins, share struggles, share prayer requests, encouragement, empowerment, whatever. Like this is just a place for me to offer the help and the tools I can and for you to come and meet other moms and connect and have fun. Um, So the Mom Empower Facebook group, for sure. I also am pretty active on Instagram. So if anyone's a big Instagram junkie like me, you are more than welcome to follow me. My handle is at Jesse Eredia. 
I love posting reels. That's like my new thing now. I'm like addicted to them. And I like to share the ins and outs of my journey on stories. Um, and then lastly, I have my mom empowered podcast, um, which is where I, I post new episodes every Monday. And then I just like to give tips and tools and share little snippets of what I'm learning and, you know, what I'm working on with my clients. And that's just a great way to, to get even more familiar with what it means to be an empowered mom. Mm, gosh, I love that. Okay. So I am going to link, um, you know what? I don't think, yeah, I do have everything. I'm going to link everything in the comment section of this live so that everybody has it. So go follow, go join the group, all the things, go talk to Jesse friends. I promise, promise, <laughs> promise, promise that you will be happy that you do. Uh, again, from personal experience, I can promise you that. Um, if you have any further questions, please feel free to drop them in the comments of this live and we'll get back to you on that. Jesse, I cannot thank you enough for being here. You are incredible. You are an inspiration. You have done so much for my own life. I can't wait to hear uh, the impact that you make on everybody else's life. And I'm just so proud of you and I love what you're doing. And yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for asking me to do this. I'm telling you, I, I could talk about these, this stuff all day. Um, and even though like, I didn't get to personally connect with all of the moms who submitted questions, I do feel like on some level, I see you. Like, I get you. I, I know what you're walking through and I promise you, you are not alone. Nicole is also an amazing source of support. I'm sure that you guys are already so, so aware of that. Um, and I'm just very thrilled and honored that I got to, I got to share some of my journey and to speak to some of those things. 